Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative, not bitter indeed, my friends. You've tuned in to America's Home for Conservative, Not Bitter Talk. I am your host, the one and only, the beloved, the host here at the Todd Huff Show, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback, yes, yes, yes. Even your adoration and praise will be received at those that that email address, I should say. Kidding, not kidding. It's a pleasure to be here. Hope you had a good weekend. And, you know, today, you know, I, I say this many Mondays. It, there's, there's a lot vying for our attention, of course. We've gone through the weekend. We've, you know, we're getting to this point where, I mean, we're into, we're into August now, folks. I mean, the midterm election is not that far away and the left is doing everything in their power to salvage what remains of this 2022 midterm season. And so they are effectively trying to buy votes now. And in fact, I was thinking as I was how I would introduce today's program and I think the most straightforward way is to say the Democrats are getting ready with some help from Republicans, I might add, on one of these two bills. The Democrats are getting ready to spend one trillion, with a T, one trillion dollars in two pieces of legislation. One is called, laughably, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. The other is called uh, the CHIPS Act. And, yeah... These things all intertwine in my mind here and really what I want to get to today. And I think the best way to do this, the best way to do this is to start with a clip. This is a this is a video that I found on YouTube. You will have if, for those of you that have listened to this program for some time and of course all of you should. But you would have Heard me mention a name on this program in the past, and I'm about to mention right now. And his name is Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman was an economist. Um, in fact, I think this particular clip that I'm going to play, which, by the way, is posted on Liberty Pen's YouTube channel, Liberty Pen. Just so you know where I'm sharing this from. And this is an old clip. Milton Friedman. Milton Friedman back in the day. I loved what Milton Friedman did. He's a, he's a, um, a, a small government you know, economist. He believes, well, I'll let, you, I'll let him explain a little bit of what he, I don't even want to say believes, what he knows to be true what he knows to be true about the cause of inflation. And I want to mention this today because we, as I said last week, ever so brilliantly I might add, but as I said last week, 
we have a government and a media that is on the constant prowl, I suppose I could say, to deceive us. They don't want us to know what the truth is. That's why Biden, that's why Corinne Jean-Pierre, that's why whatever the nameless Biden economic advisor last week all came out and told us we are not in a recession. Remember that? We're not in a recession. In fact, if you think the definition for recession is two consecutive quarters that show negative gross domestic product growth, negative growth, two consecutive quarters, then you you are so antiquated, my friend. You, It's like you're living in June or even mid-July of 2022. This definition, we're told, suddenly has changed. Why has it changed? Well, happy that you asked that question. It changed because... The Democrats are trying to run a campaign, and they have nothing, absolutely, unequivocally, nothing to run on in this campaign season. Now, sure, some of the radicals will run on the radical stuff that they normally run on, most notably making America socialist or some sort of freebies paying for people's college, I mean, just take your pick, whatever, whatever freebie they can put on the list, which ironically, or maybe not so ironically, is tied back to the cause of inflation. All these things that the government promises to deliver, all these things they promise to deliver for someone, and I don't care who the someone is, and I don't care what the something is. What I care about is what is is that promise, and you're going to hear all sorts of these promises as you watch this 2022 midterm campaign season. In fact, you've already seen some of the promises. Remember the radical left? They can, they can lower the sea levels, just as Dwight K. Schrute can raise and lower his blood pressure, I believe it was, at will. So, too, can today's radical left raise and lower The sea levels, of course, they only want to lower them, but they have to lower them because you, my friend, are out there driving around in your gas-powered SUV. You're not taking the advice of Mayor Pete, Pete Boot Edge Edge, who's out there telling you, don't complain about the price of gas. No, no, no. Buy a new electric car, you moron. That's what he's saying. Of course, makes no sense, but yet again, nothing that they tell us does make sense. And Now, look, if you got an electric car, fine. I have friends, family, electric cars. No, I have no problem with this. What I have a problem with is the emotional manipulation. What I have a problem with is the subsidies. What I have a problem with is government picking winners and losers. This is what I have a problem with. I have a problem with government telling you the sea levels are going to be whatever they're telling us now. In fact, I had a friend who was at an event last week. Um said he was sitting in on uh, a talk where the person speaking was talking about sea levels in 2030 or some such. I forget how high the speaker said they were going to be. It was several feet, I believe. And that's just in eight years. Eight years in case any Bernie Sanders mathematicians have joined us today. As you know, kidding, not kidding, but you're welcome to the program. We don't hate you. But anyhow, so this... This is the problem that we have. There's many problems we have in our government, but one of the biggest problems is that 
we, the American, first of all, we've voted for this, this crap. We have voted in these jokers who think it's their job to, to pick winners and losers, to either give out, a, again, I don't care who the handout is given to. That's not even the point. The point is, is that it's not paid for. The point is, it has to be paid for. And the point is, the way that it's paid for is through the unnoticeable or silent tax that we refer to as inflation. That's what happens. So the government has operates at a deficit. They have revenues of X. They have expenses of, say, 2X, maybe not quite that dramatically, but you understand it's it's a much it's a it's a larger factor of what's coming in and so instead of raising taxes to pay for those things which again i'm not anti-tax first of all i i am anti-unreasonable tax i am anti-tax for something that the government's trying to pay for as a return of a favor for you or me or anyone else casting their vote for them that's what i'm anti I'm actually pro-government doing their job, which is so crazy to me because they don't ever do it. If you look around, I'm, I'm amazed at people who constantly see problems. They live in the same, well, presumably they live in the same world that I live in. I live in reality. I don't know sometimes where they exist because we constantly see the culprits. The culprits, the folks who create the problems, typically the government, the folks who tell us they have the solution to the problem, typically the government or someone running for government office, the solution that has been introduced and promised by the government or the candidate for office never works. It always costs more than they tell us it would cost. It is less effective than they tell us it would be. And of course, what is the solution? The solution is to double down, is to spend more money, is to go further into the world of crazy by saying, you didn't give us enough authority. You have to give us more authority so that we can really fix the problem. We misestimated or underestimated our the, the true role that we would have to uh, play, the government would say, in fixing a problem. And this is so appealing to so many people. And I do think, you've heard me call to the refer to the radical left as the godless radical left, and I believe that that is spot on true. I've had listeners who told me, they are radical leftists, and they agree with that. They agree with that assessment. Who've told me that the closest thing to God in their lives is government. I've straight up had them tell me this. I'm telling you, it's not every liberal. People conflate these folks. There's Democrats and moderates and union Democrats and blue dog Democrats, and then there's liberals, and then the radical left. The radical left, who we talk about the most on the program, they're the ones who are causing the most grief and headache and heartache and pain, and unnecessary suffering in this country because their worldview is built upon, predicated upon something that isn't true. It's completely and utterly false. They don't believe in absolute right and wrong. They believe that they need to elect people who are experts, who are smarter than everyone else to put the pieces together. The rest of us should shut up, let them do their jobs, let the experts do their jobs. Again, I went through a whole series of things last week that the experts are magnificently wrong on. Perhaps the easiest and quickest way to illustrate this is just to say the word COVID. Just throw that out there and say COVID. And, and, and that illustrates the point purposely, perfectly because Dr. Fauci just came out 
just came out recently a week or two ago. I was telling Oz about this. I didn't play it on the show, but I read this. He basically alluded to the fact that the government, uh, didn't he say they didn't go far enough? Oz, yeah, she's nodding. She, the government didn't go <laughs> far enough. They weren't forceful enough in those extreme lockdown masking policies, etc. Because in his mind, if you want to say that, if that's the way you want to frame it, in his mind, the problem was the government didn't do enough in 2020, 2021 to stop the spread of COVID. And so now they're ready. Oh, they're ready at the helm in case it happens again. Now they need more power and more tax dollars and more of your submission, less of your questions. That's what they need. That is the poster child of how this works. And you can take any issue whatsoever. That one was just in our face, quite literally with our masks, each and every day, right in our faces for years. This is what they do. They see a problem. Many times it's created by them. They propose a solution that doesn't work. When the solution doesn't work, they tell us the reason it doesn't work, it hasn't worked, is because we've not given them enough money, enough power, enough authority to control our lives even further. And that's what we need to do. And some people go right along with this. Where does this end, my friend? You know, suddenly it's not hard to see how Joseph Stalin built the gulags. And meanwhile, having people sing his praises, whom he put there. People he put in those gulags were singing the praises of Joseph Stalin, communist dictator of the Soviet Union, 1950s. They were singing his praises. And he was the one that was their jailer, my friends. The rhetoric is intoxicating to people. The promises are so much, they sound so good. It's, it is a desire of the human heart to have all this utopia on planet Earth. But may I point out the obvious that some people don't ever seem to understand. The folks who are leading our government today are regular people. In fact, you can make the case that some of them couldn't even exist in the regular world, which is why they looked for a job in government, because there's no accountability. No accountability. Doesn't matter. You get scheduled raises no matter what your, what sort of production, productivity there is. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how frequently you're right. It doesn't matter if your sea level predictions have been wrong for the past 15 years, 20 years, makes no difference. Temperature levels makes no difference. Doesn't matter how many times they wrote a headline about you in a publication where it says experts are wrong. Nope, doesn't matter. You get a promotion. You see Dr. Fauci, by the again, not to pick on Fauci, but he's the most obvious. He's gonna retire. Did I see with like four hundred thousand dollars a year or something like that in, in pension or something ridiculous? He's going to make more than the president, which part of me thinks is, <laughs> isn't, is not something that is, you know, it, we understand to some degree in the sense of comparing Biden to, to Fauci. But at the same time, both are inept. And folks, that's the truth of all these folks. Any, any person that you are going to vote for who's telling you, and look, I understand that we need to have good ideas and good policies. But when they stand there and tell you, effectively, they are the savior of the world, my friends. Oh, oh. That is a dangerous, dangerous position to take. But it's effective politically. And so that's the basis of what we're going to talk about on today's show. Quick timeout is in order, but we're going to talk about inflation. I'm going to play this soundbite from 1978. From Mil 1978, Milton Friedman out here pointing these things out. 
By the way, spot on accurate. Government is the source of inflation. It's not the consumer. It's not the business. It's not anything else. It is government. He's going to lay it out. We're going to talk about it. We're going to tie in some of these other bills and things that the left is, is doing. And we'll do that in due course as we get to the program today. Great to be back here on a Monday. Hope you have a great day. See you in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Okay, so let's get to this soundbite I've referenced here. This is, again, economist Milton Friedman. I would encourage you, and I'll put this video on our stack of stuff on our page in the conservative not better online community. If you want to watch watch this. There's others that you can watch, not not that I've listed there, but that you can find elsewhere. His name his last name is spelled F R I E D M A N. It kind of looks like Friedman, but it's Milton Friedman. And he was a brilliant limited government free market capitalist economist. He has I mean he he was the guy Back in the 80s, in fact, you'll see these if you Google some of this stuff, and some of you uncertainly or uh, certainly have, have looked into this. But he's the guy that, he was on Donahue. Remember Phil Donahue? My mom used to watch some of that back in the day. I remember as a little kid, Phil Donahue being on from time to time. Phil Donahue had a series or had Milton Friedman on multiple times on his program and typically argued with him. Phil Donahue, of course, was a, was a leftist of his of his time. Anyhow, Milton Friedman, brilliant economist. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to what he has to say about the cause of inflation. Now, this is at an event where he has an audience. Someone stands up, 1978, my friends, asks this question that was relevant then. It's relevant today, and I want you to listen to his answer. Here it is. Yes. In a recent interview of U.S. News and World Report, uh, Secretary of the Treasury Blumenthal uh, blamed our current rising inflation uh, in a large part on our foreign trade and unions. He did, however, say that the government was little to blame. Would you like to comment on that? Yes. Friedman's awesome, by the way. Unfortunately, it is one of the defects of our political system that we always put a Secretary of the Treasury and other high government officials into a position in which when they make public statements they are almost driven. Well, what's the word I want to use? I want to use a polite word, equivocate. Secretary Blumenthal knows as well as you and I do that inflation does not come from trade unions. That's right. That doesn't mean that trade unions aren't grasping. Of course they are. But They don't produce inflation for one simple reason. They do not own a printing press on which you can turn out green pieces of paper. And this is the point. The only such printing press is in Washington. I say printing press, of course, in the modern age, we do it in a more sophisticated way. We use bookkeepers and accountants and computers. But it comes down to the same thing. Inflation is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. That's right. And any other attribution of, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't produce it. Mm-hmm. Producers don't produce it. Mm-hmm. Trade unions don't produce it. Mm-hmm. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. Mm-hmm. 
Oil imports don't produce it. What produces it is too much government spending and is. too much government creation of money and nothing else. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to stop it. He actually adds to that. Basically, he, he says, you're, you're clapping here for me. Um, but we're the jokers that put these people in office. You know, what, you know if, we, we have to stop letting them campaign like this. We have to quit falling for the ruse, for the game. And so that is kind of the basis of what we're going to get into today. So the Democrats are in the process of passing or working to pass, piecing together what appears to be a, a 700 and some odd page. They're calling it the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Now, we're headed into a midterm, which, of course, we've talked about extensively here, and you know that as well. So what do they have to do? They're going to name the they're going to name these bills. You know, folks, we tr- we're trying everything we can. We even had a bill. We had a bill that we passed that was specifically called the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. It's as though inflation is scanning the you know, the news feeds around the country for headlines and it says, "Oh, there's a reduction act. Congress is introducing a reduction act of this year. So I better stop increasing as though inflation can be stopped by some piece of paper that has its name on it. What's now, can it be stopped by the decisions and the policies that might be in that paper? Absolutely. But the question is, is that in fact what's going on here? Study by I came across this yesterday. University of Pennsylvania. This is the Wharton School of Business. So this is Penn Wharton. I've got the link again on our Stack of Stuff page. This is what it says. You ready for this? University of Pennsylvania Wharton School of Business. And I'm reading the key points here. The act would very slightly increase inflation. Until 2024, so that's two years. So at first, when this act is passed, it doesn't even bring down inflation. Now, it says very slightly, but they said it's going to very slightly increase inflation, first and foremost. But it doesn't matter because half of the American people, or some percentage, much higher percentage than I care to admit, are out there telling us that this is either not happening or it's not as bad as we think it is, or that Biden is bringing it down, or that we're not in a recession. Again, it's about damage control. It's about protecting any chance they have at, well, minimizing losses or possibly, God forbid, winning the midterm election. That's what this is about. But first they say the independent University of Pennsylvania, so this is academia, Right, Th- these are people who are now. Granted, they're at a business school, so there's a higher propensity, a higher likelihood that these folks might be, might actually be conservative or at least middle of the road versus radical leftists. But nonetheless, conservatives don't run universities in you know most <laughs> in almost every case. So this is from academia. So at first they say the act 
which again is, <laughs> you want to say fake news? How about this for fake news? Calling this reconciliation bill that costs 700 and some billion dollars the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. And again, the Wharton School of Business at University of Pennsylvania says the act, that bill, which is named to reduce inflation, at first is going to very slightly increase <laughs> increase inflation for two years until 2024 and then decrease inflation thereafter. These point estimates, he's, this, the, this is the key point in the findings, these point estimates are statistically indistinguishable from zero. So basically it's saying, look, it's going to slightly increase, very slightly, just nudge inflation up for the first two years, and then it's going to very slightly nudge it down. But it says it's indistinguishable from zero, thereby indicating, I'm going back here and reading from this report, thereby indicating low confidence that the legislation will have any impact on inflation this is all when i say it's smoke and mirrors when i say it's a dog and pony show when i say this is all about the rhetoric the narrative the just the bad political theater this is precisely what i mean no impact on inflation none in fact it's going to have a slight increase the effect of a slight increase on inflation for the first two years one of the reasons for that is that, um, well, I don't want to get into that right now. But there's tax increases in here. Yes, I know, Oz. It's time to take a break. It's not, It's by the way, it's not going to, I've, I've seen articles that says say that this is may cause a recession. Folks, wrong way of looking at it. We are already in a recession. I, I feel like sometimes we have lost, pe- people are so intimidated and don't believe in their own ability to, I don't know, to think through the obvious. We have had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. We are in a recession. This legislation cannot cause one. We are already in it. Now, could it extend one? Absolutely. The one that we're in now, it absolutely could. Could it worsen it? Absolutely. But it's not going to cause it because we're already in it. So, Democrats are getting respect ready to spend $1 trillion with a T, $1 trillion in the middle, well, at the beginning, I guess you could say, maybe the middle, hopefully the middle, of a recession through these two bills. One of them ironically named in such a way as to make you think, to make voters think that it's designed to reduce inflation. And of course, if it doesn't, they can say, ah, we even named the bill that. How do? What else are we supposed to do? They know very Darn good and well what they're doing, just like Milton Friedman said in his answer. They know exactly what causes inflationary pressures. They know exactly the sorts of policies that lead to recession. They know all of that. They do not care. They do not care. They care when it's election time, but only so much as to make sure that they can trick you into thinking it's either Trump's fault, not you, but you know any, any voter, um, it's Trump's fault or it's not, it's anybody's fault, but theirs, these are just things that happen. We're not really in a recession. It's not really as bad as you think it is and all this sort of stuff. You know, the game, you know, the routine, you know, the trick. I'm going to take a break. Listening here to conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff back in just a minute. <laughs> 
my friends. So, talking about inflation here. And I think this is important. Milton Friedman, who's obviously brilliant on this. He's the expert. Um, and people like him who have a clear thinking on economics are the ones that we have to listen to. Not the ones who have a political objective or who answer to a political party or what have you. Milton Friedman's spot on right. The cause of inflation is 100%. It is wholly the government. And the reason, the reason is because the government controls the money supply. So that is the reason. Specifically, you could say that the government doesn't want to have to balance the number of goodies. Again, I'm not picking on any particular type of goodie here, handout, giveaway, whatever. Whichever, whatever goodies you don't like personally, just insert them here because for the point of this conversation, all that matters is that they promise some sort of a goodie for free, for free, and then they don't want to pay for it with taxes or they, they don't want to deal with that. And so it has to get paid for. It has to be paid for. And so what happens is they increase the supply of money. This is exactly what they do. They increase the supply of money, which is quietly taxing all of us. It's, well, it's not so quietly right now, but it's taxing all of us. Yeah. I almost would say indirectly, but it's it's so... <laughs> It's so in your face and blatant that I don't know that I would say, uh, use that term right now. Anyway, so that's the cause of inflation. It's the government trying to cover their massive expenses without directly levying taxes on the taxpayer, giving away this or creating this notion that everything is free, and then we all end up paying the tax for it through inflation. That's what happens. And I think something that's getting lost in this whole discussion of inflation, it's something that I hit on in the past, but I really think it's important to talk about. Because in today's term, in today's world, we have basically said inflation means that prices, prices for the things that we buy are going up. We've, we've, overly generalized what inflation is. And so I want to talk about this because that's every time something costs more, it's not because of inflation. Inflation is a specific thing. Inflation means that your money, the money that you have, the money that you have had, the money that you've had in savings or retirement is worth less today because the government has decreased its value by overproducing the an, an amount of money for the economy. It's you didn't do anything negative to deserve that. It's not just that something that you need to buy is in more demand or people see as more valuable or anything like that. It's that the money itself is worth less because the government is producing too much of it. And so I want to talk about this because it matters a whole heck of a lot. It matters a heck of a lot. And I think I've got maybe a simple way to explain it after the break. So timeout's in order. I want to hit on this and then maybe get to some other things. Well, and then talk about stopping the train. 
the train, the government train that we're watching here, this runaway, out-of-control, promising freebies, irresponsible, ridiculous, absurd, growing, bureaucratic state that we call our federal government. So plenty of more to get to today. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends, talking about inflation and how the, well, the policies of the radical left, the policies of, honestly, most people in government today, no matter who they're trying to uh, basically pay from the public coffers. Never supposed to be this way. That's why we have a constitution. They have particular roles and responsibilities. It was never to be about redistribution of wealth and all that sort of stuff. But here we find ourselves. Here we find ourselves. So we're talking about inflation. And I think the simplest way to think about inflation is that money is money supposed to represent something of value, right? So if the guy, this, I don't have a lot of time to get into this, but you know, back in the original days, we bartered for stuff. You traded one thing for another. And then if you didn't have, if both parties didn't have something that the other party wanted, a uh, trade could not happen, right? Trade could not happen. And so currency allowed for trade to happen when one person provided a good or service that another needed, and that person could provide them with the currency that that person could then take and make another trade for something else that they needed or save or start a business or whatever. So, but the money has to represent something of value, whatever that something of value is. And so the, if the government produces more money than actual real value that exists in the economy, the only, folks, the only natural response is that prices have to increase and they increase artificially. Why do I say artificially? Because, because the value of the product or service has arbitrarily increased because of the excess money supply. Does that make sense? So it's only because we have more money created than value in the economy that the math has to kind of work itself out, has to make sense of itself. So prices have to go up because of the excess money supply. Now, this is different. This is different than every instance of a price somebody's price going up. And so I thought I would pick sports to, to to be an analogy here because let's say you like a particular sport and your favorite athlete, his value, her value might be increasing, therefore demanding a higher price for his or her services on a particular team. Someone might not have been drafted or have a very, you know, drafted late. Tom Brady, great example, right? Drafted, pick number 199, the best quarterback in the history of football. And is worth massive. I mean, just can command whatever he wants effectively from teams. Oftentimes, by the way, he's cut that to get other players in. That's another story altogether. But that is not the same thing as saying that everybody, that every athlete in the world's value is increasing arbitrarily because there's an excess money supply. That is not the same thing. It's also not the same thing to say that, say, for example, as they are, salaries, contracts in the NBA have 
gone to astronomical levels, that's not that increase was not due to inflation, although partially because we're all in an inflated economy right now. But most of it is due to the value that the NBA had created over time. That's a whole other discussion. Uh, you think about the investment of people like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. I mean, the bad boys, those, those players in the 80s and 90s who really put the NBA on the on the map. You've got the dream team and all that's happened. And now, I mean, really now, today's players, and I, a whole other discussion, but they're kind of riding on the coattails of of those previous generations that drove up the value that they've pushed into markets. They pushed into China, which is, by the way, why people like LeBron James and other NBA players and owners don't want to say bad things about China because it's such a massive market. But So that's not the same thing, though. To say that the NBA has tapped into new markets, have increased revenues, and it drives everyone's salary up, not the same thing as inflation. Neither is saying a particular player's value overall, Tom Brady, or again, pick your favorite athlete. That's not inflation. What's inflation is when everything across the board has increased in price for one specific reason, and that is because there's too much money floating around. And why is there too much money floating around? There is too much money floating around because government prints too much. Well, why does government print too much? And again, printing today can mean off a press or more than likely hitting buttons on a computer. But why are they producing, creating too much? Well, they're creating too much because they want to offset the cost of their massive programs. That is 100% the reason for all of this stuff. And it is ironic beyond belief that passing two bills that increase government spending are somehow designed to impact that. It is living in a mythical fairy tale world. But then again, they can tell people they tried because, after all, one of the bills is named the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Quick time out, my friends. Back in just a minute. All the time we have today. But I'll tell you, the reason politicians like this, Oz and I were just discussing this behind the scenes. The reason they like inflation so much is because it's confusing. It's not easy for people to understand. It's complicated. It's maybe even nuanced. You have to, even when you understand it, it's still a little bit vague sometimes because it requires on, it's it's built upon theory and understanding of, of things. But effectively, Money represents real value because people trading money for goods and services want real value in return. And if it's not real, then they have to ask for more. So I've got to go. Thanks for listening. SDGC, and I'll take care.